The Hamlet Podcast, episode 38. Hello and welcome to this exploration of Shakespeare's Macbeth with me, your host, Connor Hanrity. We are in the middle of one of the most shocking dinner parties in Shakespeare, probably beaten in horror only by the ghastly feast in Titus Andronicus. The ghost of Banquo has appeared, visible only to Macbeth, and is shaking his gory locks at the horrified king. Lady Macbeth is valiantly attempting to get her husband to snap out of it, but this isn't working. Macbeth answers her as he tries to point out what he's seeing. Prithee, see there, behold, look, lo, how say you? Each of these could be a separate attempt to point to the ghost, or of course they could run together in a more frantic demonstration. Lady Macbeth can only see an empty chair. She doesn't speak here, so Macbeth continues addressing the ghost instead. He says, Why, what care I, if thou canst nod, speak too, if charnel houses and our graves must send those that we bury back, our monuments shall be the maws of kites. This is an attempt at defiance now. Macbeth proclaims that he doesn't care. Bring it on, he's saying. If you can nod, speak to me too. Macbeth now mentions charnel houses. These were buildings at a cemetery where decomposed remains were stored. Cemeteries have a tendency to fill up, and so older remains would be dug up to create space for the more recently departed. This is why we have the rather extraordinary gravedigger scene in Hamlet. As they dig a grave for Ophelia, older remains are being removed. I'll put some more details about this on the website whether or not you want to read them, but it is interesting to read particularly about the charnel house in Stratford that clearly had a huge influence on Shakespeare. So anyway, Macbeth is now imagining that charnel houses and graves are sending back the dead. If so, he's saying, then the only actual resting place or monument will be in the mouths of kites, birds notorious for feasting on corpses. It's a really grim image. If bodies are coming back from the places we lay them to rest, then the only place they'll end up is as carrion. If charnel houses and our graves must send those that we bury back, our monuments shall be the maws of kites. The stage directions for this scene vary quite a lot from edition to edition, and certainly any good production of the play will want to arrange the ghost's appearances and disappearances for maximum dramatic effect. The ghost does disappear now because we're moving into a moment of relative calm. As Macbeth fantasises about this awful threat of revenants, Lady Macbeth is left staring at him. She completes his last line. What, quite unmanned in folly. She could say this to herself or directly to Macbeth. Yet again, her language is about manhood and what a man is and does. Here, he is quite unmanned in this madness, this crazy fantasy he's experiencing. But in this folly, she is quite unmanned too. She could be intimating that she knows she's losing him. But Macbeth does answer her now. He says, if I stand here, I saw him. There's no question in his mind that he saw this ghost, sure as he's standing there himself. Lady Macbeth is so frustrated she hardly has an answer. Fie for shame. Shame again. Manhood, valour and shame. 
Macbeth now has something almost like a soliloquy. He's probably not going to address this little speech to the assembled lords around the table, but maybe he could say it to his wife. Or perhaps go into full soliloquy mode and say it out just to us in the audience as he works out these ideas in his own head. Blood hath been shed ere now, in the olden time, ere human statute purged the gentle wheel. Aye, and since, too. Murders have been performed too terrible for the ear. The times have been that when the brains were out, the man would die, and there an end. But now they rise again, with twenty mortal murders on their crowns, and push us from our stools. This is more strange than such a murder is. This is a comment on how shocking it is to see someone come back from the dead. Hamlet was equally appalled by the sight of his father's ghost, but at least he had others to corroborate the sighting. Macbeth is also horrified that murder doesn't appear to be effective anymore. What's really shocking is that Banquo is supposed to be dead and gone, but now he's still here. Murders certainly happened in the past, in the olden days, before human culture and law purged the gentle world of such bloodshed. Blood hath been shed ere now, in the olden time, ere human statute purged the gentle wheel. Yes, and murders have, of course, been committed since then, some murders too terrible even to describe. But at least the general understanding has been that when a man's brains were beaten out of his head, the man would be dead, and that would be the end of it. Aye, and since, too, murders have been performed too terrible for the ear. The times have been that when the brains were out, the man would die, and there an end. But Macbeth is horrified to be seeing that this is no longer the case. Banquo should be dead in a ditch. The murderer just confirmed this. But now he's come back from the dead, and Macbeth uses language that should only be in the end times passages of the Bible when he says, they rise again. Banquo has come back, with those twenty trenchard gashes now described as twenty mortal murders in his head. And, of course, Macbeth doesn't say head, he says crown. Each one of those blows to the head should have killed him. But Banquo is back now, and he's taking Macbeth's place at the table. Macbeth is talking about taking a seat or a throne with his head or a crown. And, of course, for Macbeth, this is far more horrifying than any murder. But now they rise again with twenty mortal murders on their crowns, and push us from our stools. This is more strange than such a murder is. Lady Macbeth makes another attempt to remind Macbeth that they do still have a full banquet hall here with them, and that the guests are definitely realising that something is very wrong. She says, My worthy lord, your noble friends do lack you. They are going to have to do some major damage control after this. Macbeth manages quite a convincing pivot here, turning back to the assembled company to try to win back the room. I do forget. Do not muse at me, my most worthy friends. I have a strange infirmity, which is nothing to those that know me. Come, love and health to all. Then I'll sit down. Give me some wine, fill full. I drink to the general joy of the whole table, and to our dear friend Banquo, whom we miss. 
would he were here. To all and him we first, and all to all. So, he insists to his most worthy friends that he has some kind of a condition, a strange infirmity, but that it's not a problem, it's nothing to those that know me. If anyone close to me was bending his eye on vacancy or shouting at a stool, to say nothing of seeing dead people, I might be harder to convince, but perhaps wisely the lords don't say anything much. Macbeth continues wishing love and health to all. He'll even go now and sit in his place at the table. I really like the little detail here that, as he asks for a top-up of his wine, he insists that they fill it full. He most certainly needs a drink by now, and since this constant Scottish toasting will continue, he'll need a good quantity of wine to do it with. He drinks to the general joy of the whole table, and amazingly, he still has the nerve to toast Banquo. He drinks to his dear friend Banquo, whom he misses, and impressively, he has the gall to exclaim, Would he were here! So Macbeth raises his glass to all, to Banquo, for whom they thirst since he is not among them, and then they drink all to all. This has been a good long toast, letting the room calm down after all that has just happened. And the lords return in kind, with the fairly standard response of our duties and the pledge. Now, if you were writing a play, dear listener, and you had a ghost on hand to rattle the confidence of a man trying to hold his nerve, wouldn't you have said ghost reappear at the mention of his name? Of course you would. So be sure to tune in next time to hear just what Shakespeare will do next. <laughs>